and we are back with another episode of the journey there with your host Carlisle Chua and it is the third to the last episode of the year it's kind of crazy guys but like we finally made it this far grab um i was going to say good morning because like the time that i'm recording this is literally like 7 a.m i'm not even kidding you like i don't know why my body clock is like this but i wake up at the crack of dawn i have no idea why it's so nice to go like just to sleep in you know like it's so cold so peaceful but for me as a morning person like it's so much more beautiful to stay up at this time um i sleep super duper early and i probably will sleep super duper early today because 6 a.m is kind of earlier than i normally do but yeah i don't know it was just a beautiful morning and i wasn't necessarily supposed to um record this one specifically right now but I don't know. I felt like it. I was going to do a little break for you guys. Um like or like a holiday break of the journey there for the next maybe like after this episode and after the next episode maybe like a new year's break but I'm, honestly I don't know. We'll see the vibes of it cuz like I hate the fact that all of my favorite podcasts are going on a break. Like what dude? Come on. Are you kidding me like couldn't you have a, had a break when it was like the peak busy day, peak busy time of everyone? So like they really weren't listening to things and they were just working, working, working. You know what I mean? Like, why would you do it when I finally have free time to listen to the podcast? So why would you not put out a new episode then, right? So like I'm battling with that right now and I'm trying to figure out whether I am going to post an episode or not. Um, Let me know what you guys want for the new year's episode if ever but this is officially the wrap-up episodes or the wrap-up series that i'm going to be doing for the year 2021 and if you don't know this about me or if you're new here and a lot of you are and a lot of you don't know who i am what's up guys i'm carla chua and normally on i'm the most christmas spirity person out there like i literally start listening to christmas music not even on september not when the burr months start nah when we hit the six month mark literally in june i'm already listening to christmas music i really do hold on to christmas so much and i think i've spoken about this in uh, past episodes but for me specifically i really love the december season or the holiday season because it's both christmas and new year and I'm one of those bitches who really loves a fresh start. I really like the fact that you just restart everything. Um, Not necessarily that you're a completely new person, but it's like when you reset your calendar, or I don't know, I think time in general, it just keeps going, but it's just cool to measure time through the 12 months. And then when the 12 months pass, you see how different you've become, you know? I do this also every month now. It's like, oh, it's a new month. I wonder what's going to happen. It's a new year. I wonder what's going to happen, you know? Um, the things that happened this past year have been absolutely crazy for me. And I've always said this ever since um, 2015. So 2015, if you guys didn't know, or if you're new here, again, was one of the worst years of my life. Um, if you want to listen to that episode, you can listen to at 15. That was honestly the before the after talk days. Um, I still keep it up, although it's 
medyo nene, medyo bad quality, but like it I recount my whole story of trauma and homophobia and whatever conversion therapy, everything. It's in that episode if you want to hear it. But ever since 2015, I have been having alternate good years and bad years. So 2016 was a good year, 2017 was a bad year, 2018 was a really good year, 2019 was a really bad year and then 2020 was actually really really good for me and now 2021 honestly i can't tell you if the cycle has broken or if it has continued because 2021 has been the most bittersweet year of my life i've realized so much but i have gone through so much heartbreak this year that it's actually kind of crazy how much has happened how much i've changed and how much i've been forced to become a different person than who i was in january 2021 it's insane because in 2020 yeah okay the pandemic hit it was a really bad year in general for the whole world but for me personally i really had a lot of fun with my siblings i had a lot of fun um in my classes my personal life was okay. My personal life was pretty good. I was happy. Um, but yeah, the world around me was not. And okay, that was very. It's pri- very. La, 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 I can't talk. It's very privileged of me to say, naman, na twenty twenty was a good year. But I can't lie to you and say it wasn't. It was a good year for me. I enjoyed it a lot, and I was really happy back then. And twenty twenty one. Well, you guys literally heard it in this podcast i've cried so many times i've gone through so much heartbreak but i would still think that the end of this year is a really good year for me and i think it's because i finally figured out how to turn things around or turn my life around already and like make lemons out of lemon what lemonade out of lemons you know what i mean like i've finally been able to break out of that notion that this year was a good year. Next year is going to be the worst year of my life. I don't go into my years anymore thinking the next year is going to be bad. Or I don't anticipate the badness anymore. Which is character development for me because I always do that before. It's like, I used to do that as well. Like in a smaller scale, like days, I would be like, this day is a good day. Tomorrow is going to be a bad day. Like the universe always has to balance itself out in my head. But it doesn't have to be that way. I feel like you're just manifesting a really bad year if you put it out into the universe that you're expecting a bad year. Obviously, you're going to have a bad year because your mindset is that you're going to have a bad year. So just don't think about it. You know, just keep going through life. And I've really realized it in the, in this year that you you go through life mindlessly until you realize that you're where you've always wanted to be and oh my god i should have included that in my freaking lessons but as you can tell by the title i am doing 21 lessons that i've learned in 2021 so i do this all the time in new year um on december 31 right there's a december 31 right i'm not right let me check the calendar you know guys the knuckle trick that you guys do with the the months to 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 tell like what year what 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 am i saying the knuckle trick that you guys do 
or that they teach you to see how many how many days there are in a month that doesn't work for me because i don't understand how that works there are in fact 31 days in december so december 31 is when i normally post out on my dump account um like the x number of years for the year 20x does that make sense um so yeah 2015 was 15 things i learned uh 16 16 things i learned 17 17 things i learned stuff like that so yeah that's what we're doing now and i'm honestly so afraid for when i hit 2040 or 2050 i'm not sure if i'm gonna be doing this until then but i've been doing this for the past five years of my life and i'm planning to keep it going but i don't want to do it anymore on freaking um my dump account because damn those posts are long bro like those posts are like novels and in general i think that with the idea of 21 things i learned in 2021 or so on so forth is it just forces me or pushes me to be more reflective and more um appreciative of what's around me or what or it puts me in that mindset of what can I learn from this instead of what can I hate from this? You know what I mean? So everything that I have gone through in the last 12 months, I'm, I, turned into, I turned it into a lesson or at least I turned it into 21 lessons. So we're going to talk about that today. But before, not just today, we're going to be talking about it until I finish the list that I have. But specifically just to tee it off first i want to recount the whole year for you guys to let you guys understand fully what has gone on in my year um because you guys need to understand the context to which all of these things happened to me um or else parang if you take this out of context or if if you take my lessons out of context you will definitely cancel me <laughs> you know what i mean it's like they're my sister, my older sister, her name's Leah, and she's had an episode here before, but she doesn't believe in self-help books or she doesn't like reading certain self-help books because she thinks that they're stupid and they th- she thinks that it's like she can't. Parang the advice that the self-help books give is wrong. Like I have never heard someone say that before but she's like that. She was like, yeah, I don't believe in this self-help book because it's it's wrong. And I was like, yo, it's probably because that's not what you needed to hear. It's probably because you're not aligned with what the values of this author upholds. You know, I think that advice is... I think a, there's no wrong or right advice per se. I believe that there is advice and it can if it is taken out of context, it will always be wrong. You know? So I will put you guys in the context so that eventually when I do tell you guys the lessons that I've learned, you will understand what context it's applied in. So yeah, that's what we're going to do today. I hope you guys are excited for that. So let's get it started. All right. So honestly, I've I've created the list of the things that have happened in my life and I've been thinking about what the main events of my 2021 were because I have genuinely become 
a very different person from who I was in 2020. And I think you can hear it from the way that I speak or the way that I carry myself now. I am very much more objective about things. I don't take things, well, obviously, I don't take things that personally anymore because I'm able to take myself out of the situation and understand life as just how it is now, like simply as life is. And yeah, anyway, so the 21 things, well, it's not the 21 things that happened to me this year. It's actually 11 things that I remember distinctly that I'm going to put out there. Um, Note though, I don't put out my whole life um, on air. I don't put out my whole life for everyone to hear, or everyone to listen to. There are a lot of things that are kept private still because I'm not ready to talk about it. I, I would rather not talk about it. So just keep in mind, although I'm trying to provide you guys with as much context as possible, I still have my own personal life and um, that's all, you know? Like, I hope that you guys know that when I th- when I tell you stories, like th- when I tell you vulnerable stories, I think it through and I'm not like just airing out dirty laundry or anything like that or like taking out someone else's skeletons in the closet there are secrets that i've kept for the sake of other people these are basically just the stories that i'm willing to tell so anyway let's get into it so the first thing that happened was actually in january the feb or march i honestly don't remember specific dates but um that was celebrate life camp which is clk for short and if you guys don't know this about me i was an officer at i was an officer from the school year 2020 to 2021 and it was in my beloved orm uh, oh, oh orm org kaith so y'all i talk about kaith so often but this is not really that episode for that but essentially CLK was this huge event, one the first of its kind um in the pandemic where it was an a sync it was a synchronous event where for the first time ever um we would get to interact with the kids online through a very big um play date with them if I had to put it in the simplest terms. And we were trying as much as possible to uh, make it a success because it was its first, the first of its kind and we didn't know how to do it, how to get go about it. It was one of the biggest um, leaps of faith that I've ever taken because I've, don't get me wrong, I have... I have managed many projects in my day already. Like I'm telling you, this is just one of the many that I've done. But it's the very first time that I've trailblazed something. Like all of the other projects that I've headed in the past were always just like, oh yeah, there's already a set manual for you. There's certain steps that you have to take and you just have to complete them. It's not that hard. But with CLK, you have to make your own path. And that was scary for me. And it felt natural to do it. It felt natural to just keep going at it because I had a vision in mind, but it was so scary. And the end of it was actually really successful. And until now that I'm no longer an officer in Kaith, 
um, they still continue on the event that we trailblazed, which was really, it's really, really nice. And it's probably one of my proudest achievements because not even because it was that successful or anything like that. It was just the fact that it, for one, it brought my core team so close together and probably the most iconic core team ever to exist. We were so close. Um, and my best friends are from that core team now. But aside from that, it was it was just the fact that there was just so much love all the time surrounding me. And I was so proud to be one of the people who like created an avenue for so much love. Um and Honestly, my biggest fear with CLK was the fact that it was so good that I'm never going to find anything as good as that. I was so scared that this is it. This is my peak. This is the best thing that I'll ever be able to do with my life. And I'm so afraid because I'm only, at the time, I was only 20 years old. I was like, I'm only 20 years old and I've already created the best thing I could ever do with my life. And I... I have never felt that way before. I've always felt, I've always been a failure. What? That's so sad, guys. What the hell? But like, I've always failed or I've, I'm, I'm, I've got, I've grown accustomed to failure. I've grown accustomed to, you know, restarting, starting over, trying again and again and again. But for once, or not for once, okay, guys, I'm not a failure completely. It's just me in my head hating myself. It's just the self-hatred talking and the insecurities, okay? It's the inner demons, but I'm I'm not always, you know, whatever. Okay, so anyway, the one, one of the things, one of the few things that I've, like, I would consider a success in my life, I was like, shit this is it there's nothing else i can do to top this anymore in my life i will never be able to top who i was as an officer because i trailblazed so many projects back then that i will never be able to do that again and as much as cocky as i sound right now i really am not trying to be i'm really just saying that i was horrified of what to do next I did not want to move. I did not want to change. I didn't want to do anything else anymore because I was afraid nothing will ever be as good as what I've already accomplished or what I've already done with CLK. And not a lot of people know this about me because everyone's just like, wow, you're so, you must be so proud. Yeah, I'm really proud of it, but what am I going to do next? Life goes on. Life goes on and I keep on going. What am I going to do that's as great as this? You know? This um, project was nominated for so many awards. And that freaked me out because I'm really not accustomed. I'm not, gr- I'm, not, I'm not used to this as much as my sisters are. You know, like my sisters, my siblings are very like crazy overachievers who do get awards a lot of the time. I do get awards as well, but not as much as them. And like for them, when they get an award, they're like, yeah, rightfully so. Like, dapat lang. Like, I deserve this award, but for me, I think it's the other way around where it's like, did I even deserve this? What am I going to do next after this? Like, I have so much um, insecurity and I'm still, until now, trying to get over that. It's been how many months of feeling like I've peaked, but 
I'm constantly pushing myself, trying to change, trying to be a better person, trying to, you know, climb that hill that I've created that is CLK and try to make something even better than that. I don't know why I'm so competitive but it just so happened to be that way you know I, I can't help it i really just can't help it um so yeah i'm just trying to get over that but that's clk for you um and moving on i thought that the next step for me kasi from clk was to become the vp of the department that i was in so right i was an officer and i was like okay i did clk Okay, how am I going to top this? I, ever since CLK closed for me, ever since it finished, I was like, how am I going to top this? Oh, I know. If I'm a VP, and I'm being so honest with you guys right now, it's kind of embarrassing, and I would never say this to anyone in, the, in, like, in their face, not even my guy I'm dating anyway. But like, I always thought, okay, the next thing that I can do that will top CLK is become the vice president of this department. So that I have more power to make more trailblazing events, more trailblazing initiatives, so that like I keep going up. You know, I think that I was so again. This is my th- my anagram three talking three ba three right? Yeah, three. The achiever in me that was like okay, if I'm the vice president, I'll be able to achieve more. I'll be able to make more things, make more things great. Not being Donald Trump or anything like that. Trump, Trump, Donald Trump about it or anything like that. I genuinely really wanted to elevate everything that I touched. Absolutely everything that I touched in my officer term, my term as an officer, I made better. And I hate that I sound so cocky about it, but I am just very, 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 very particular about my work and very serious about it, that I wanted to keep elevating everything that I touched. And I was very proud of my platform that I created for my you know, for the EB race, right? We call it an EB race, but it's campaign season for other people. Um, but it didn't work out that way because clearly I've I lost. I lost. And it was the most embarrassing thing to have ever happened to me. I have gone through a lot of bullying in high school. I've gone through a lot of um kind of mean things that my family have has said to me i've i've gone through a lot of humiliation and sadness in my life but i have never felt a pain as real as a rejection like this because in just the context for the way that kaith works and it's not a secret anyway it's that we don't do it by votation we do it by appointment um the way eb race works in kaith is that you apply for the position and then the eb or the executive board of of the org will pick the next 
vice presidents, the next president. So there is no votation here. There is no democracy here. And I felt humiliated because the people that that picked against me or picked not me were i don't know they always made me feel like i could do it they always made me feel like they believed in me and i could do it and i was amazing and like made me so proud of clk and whatever like that so they kind of hyped me up to the max you know, like, they brought me up Buttercup just to let me down, you know? It was just like that. And I think that the higher ha- higher I was put, the harder I fell. And so the EB loss was really painful for me in both ways, where I talked about it already with Layla, but, like, both being an uh, the giver-type personality where I was so ready to love with all of my heart because i do love guys with everything in me but the other side of me and i hate to admit it was how am i going to top myself now if i don't have the avenue to do that um and that's just a me thing i don't know if that's relatable for other people but for me it was you're never i'm never going to be better than who i already was and i'm going to peak that's it i hate that thought that is one of my biggest fears because you know those people who peaked in high school my biggest fear is that i'll peak in college i do not want that oh my gosh like i am so afraid of having this be the best years of my life bitch i have so much more life to go i better have a better life after this like i better keep getting life better keep getting better you know i better keep maturing bettering myself you know like i don't want it to stop here that's why i was so scared because i was so scared that there's no more growth for me elsewhere and i literally was just cut off from the only place that i could grow anyway if you want to listen to that episode you can go to loving can hurt and manifesting healing it's featuring Layla ramirez wow just a little plug of another episode i guess but i'm just telling you guys because these things happened throughout the course of this podcast year like throughout me going through these things i have been talking to you guys about it but you know just like a summary of like like little nuggets of what i was feeling at the time i'm just telling you now anyway so after the eb loss actually guys fun fact i was heading two projects at can't talk again i was heading two projects at the very same time in two different organizations so while clk was ongoing i was also meeting for another major event in another org which is lex camp i was lex camp is one of the biggest or well can't talk again lex camp is one of the biggest um projects of the year for lex for my home organization and I was meeting for both of them at the same time. So imagine how heavy it is to already be just a project manager in general. Imagine that doubling because you're doing it for two. Actually, imagine imagine that but quadrupled because I had to go through I had to go through so many meetings, so many dry runs and everything like that for two different events because I was spreading myself out way too thin and both of these events were actually trailblazing 
or they were one, the first of its kind because obviously it's the pandemic. No one has ever had online events like these and the latter halves of the year are at the starts of the year. Do you know what I mean? The latter halves of the school year are in the starts of the calendar year. So that's January to March. Those are the last few months of school. And that's when the bigger projects of the orgs are out. You know, student leader things, I guess. You know what I mean? Feel me? You feel me? Anyway, so um, I was heading two very, very big events. And I was very, very stressed about both of them. I honestly, it, it came to the point. And I, I'm trying not to revere myself. I'm not trying to put myself on a pedestal and suck my own dick and be like, wow, you're so amazing, Carlisle. You know, I'm not. I had a hard time like, ma- like managing both of those um, projects because I didn't know anymore. Because both of them are camps, right? So I didn't even know anymore sometimes like which, which um, program, which camp wanted this and which camp wanted that. Like, what are we doing over here in this project again? What are we doing in that project? Like, I honestly, honest to God, put more of my focus on CLK because it was closer. But by the time Lex Camp came, I already lost in the EB race. So I was heartbroken, stressed, tired, and going through another project that I could not get myself out of because I had one month left until that next project was happening. So I could have quit. Honestly, I really could have quit. A lot of people have been quitting um, their positions. And I'm just not one of those people who drop out of things. I'm, I'm not, I wasn't raised to be a quitter. I'm not raised to, like, even when, even when it's really fucking hard, even when it hurts you so much, you do not quit because you committed to it. That's the type of person I am. However, that's why I do not, you know, I don't condone doing that. Like, the things that I preach to you guys is to take care of yourself, put yourself first. That was not what I was doing, especially during the era of Lex Camp, because I honestly was going through a breakup already at this time. Like, my relationship with my ex was at its, like, worst. It was at its very, very last like straw as in like we were hanging by not even a thread we were hanging by like a floss okay is that even no maybe thread is thinner than a floss but i think that flosses are you know weaker right anyway you know what i mean we were very we were on the like on the brink of breakup and i was still like no i don't i don't have time to deal with this emotional bullshit right now i have to finish this event i have to get this through i'm heartbroken right now i keep crying i am the least confident i have ever been in my whole entire life but you know what i did this to myself i chose to do this to myself i'm going to see this project through despite me crying when i turn off my camera despite me not like catching a breath anymore i'm tired but i'm going to keep going and yeah the event was very successful again however it cost me so much of my mental health it cost me so much of my my well-being that I don't even remember what was happening in Lex Camp anymore. I genuinely remember all I remember from Lex Camp 
were the tears that I was shedding and the mental breakdowns that I had and the support system that I had, which was my project co-project head at the time. Um, it was the worst for me, honestly. And it was just sad. It was just really sad. And I think that was like the lowest point of my 2021 was when yun nga, I didn't have my I did not have a sense of self anymore. I just kept achieving and achieving and achieving blindly without even thinking about it anymore. I broke up with my ex literally the day that Lex Camp finished. As in I'm not kidding you. It Lex Camp or the program itself ended at around eleven. At 11.30, my ex was messaging me. Can we talk? Can we talk? Please. I said, tomorrow. We broke up within the 12 hours of Lex Camp finishing. Because I could not do it. I was just like, you know what? Let's just get all of the pain out of the way. Like, let's just do it. Because I was at the point of no return. I was so completely, 100% unhappy with my life. Like, EB was gone. I was already crushed into a million pieces i was breaking down mentally as in deteriorating i could not support another person in my life anymore i could not provide love and support for anyone else aside from myself because i couldn't even provide that love for myself i could not be with anyone else and you know what guys i'm being completely honest with you here i think that it was my fault that we broke up no not really it was both of our faults but it was finally at that moment i broke up with her that i was like i can't i don't i don't love you enough to stay through my hurt because i'm panicking i'm like drowning in my sadness i was in so much pain and she was not helping me through it that's not her fault by the way i was it was it was me i was being toxic but like I was drowning in my sadness. I was drowning in this depression. I could not, for the life of me, have someone else to take care of anymore. And in a relationship, you have to be ready to catch someone else when they fall. And my ex at the time was going through a lot as well. And I couldn't support her and I didn't want to anymore. And that's why I keep saying to you guys that it's not that bad. It's not that bad if you break up. It's not that bad if, um, you know, things just don't work out. Sometimes life happens and sometimes you just can't do it anymore. Like, it's just going to happen that it's not going to work out. And it's not that bad. It's not that you're a failure, they're a failure, anything like that. It's that life happens and you, you have to figure out what you're going to do with yourself what you're going to do next how are you going to survive this next rough patch and it was survival mode for me and it was the hardest one of the hardest things that i've had to do but i had to do it you know um genuinely i know that she's dating someone else now and i'm actually really freaking happy about it dude I'm really happy that she's able to find someone else who'll be able to love and support her the way she needs to be supported and loved. Because I found that 
100%. I found someone who I don't have, I don't feel like I have to attend to the, all the time. Because me, always in my head, constantly overthinking everything, beating myself up for everything that I've gone through, I could not be so, with someone who is exactly the same. And we found people who could support us through that. But at the same time, I'm not saying that I found someone else just to heal myself. No, not at all. Not at all. Like, when I started dating someone new, I was afraid as well because I was like, nah, I don't want to. I don't want to handle love again. I don't want to handle another relationship where I'm going to be leaned on all the time. But I'm not like that anymore. It's not like that in my new relationship. It's like we're both strong on our own. And I am not the only one who's the shoulder to cry on at this time. Like I'm able to cry on him and he's able to cry on me. And I feel... I can I feel that I can trust him enough to support my weight when I can't hold myself up. And I did not feel that anymore in my relationship with my ex. And now that I'm here, now that I have healed, I'm so grateful that we found our own people because that's what we deserve. I I genuinely don't have any resentment towards her. I genuinely when we broke up I just kept praying that she would find someone who could give her the love that I can't. Like, I cared. I cared. I cared about my ex, you know. But if I was thinking about myself, if I was thinking about my own well-being, I knew that we would not be able to make it. And we would. I would forever be unhappy. And that's why we broke up. You know? Uh, I hope that that wasn't too much to give away. That was really just happening in my head. And again, congratulations to her for finding someone new. Like when I found out, and I literally just found out last week, I was over the moon for her. I genuinely, I'm not kidding you. I jumped for joy. Like I called the guy I'm dating and I was like, dude, Sorry, this is a little bit off. Sorry, I'm talking about my ex a little bit. And sorry, this is kind of weird. But she found someone new. And that was like the biggest weight off of my shoulders because it was like, oh my God, I don't, I hated myself for breaking someone else's heart. And that has been, um, that has been my trend for the past how many years is that I hated the fact that I had to reject people. I hated the fact that I ever had to let someone down. And that's the people pleaser in me that always felt like I needed to say yes to people, even if I didn't want it. I've had this, like, I was beating myself up as well for the fact that I could not love this person. I could not love my ex. You know, I hated myself for not loving my ex enough. But now there's no or at least I don't feel as guilty anymore or as angry at myself because I know that this person or my ex is finally happy. I all, all I want is for people to be happy. All I want is for people to be cared for. And the giver in me always feels like I have to be the one to care for people. But 
I came to this point where I realized that it doesn't have to be me because I'm not always going to be the right person to take care of you. And it was so freeing. It was so liberating to finally let go of that. So congratulations. I'm proud of you. Anyways, moving on from that though is that I went through a friendship breakup as well. Literally guys, no joke. No joke talaga. It was, um, again, it was, this was tuloy tuloy. From, I don't like, I don't know why, as in January to June was like action packed with so much drama for me. So again, it was CLK. Then like a week later was EB loss. Then the, the the month later was Lex Camp, or maybe three weeks later was Lex Camp. A day after Lex Camp was my breakup. Nine days, nine to twelve days later was my friendship breakup. Y'all, it was so hard. It was I don't honestly, I genuinely don't know how I came out with any episodes at the time. I don't know how I came up with any um inspiring things to tell you guys at the time because I was the biggest emotional wreck of my whole entire life. Um, the friendship breakup honestly made me cry as hell. It felt like an actual breakup to me. Um, but uh, I don't know, man. I've Because I've accepted my breakup with my ex, I was able to easily accept this breakup with my friend as well. Um... I've accepted in general that people are people. People won't always get along and everything like that. But I think the hardest part, I I think the nice part about my relationship breakup was the fact that it was clean and it was amicable and it was okay. I'm civil with my ex now and that's great. But with my friendship, this person I have not talked to ever since the breakup. And they're are so many rumors surrounding this friendship breakup and it's so tiring to handle and finally it's over but in june literally specifically on my birthday so much drama was happening and i hated everything i hated being around people i literally took myself out of the equation and went to baguio i did not care to like deal with that you know it was my birthday. Why am I going to deal with other people talking about my life? And that's another thing about it. Like, I know I put myself on a platform. I know I put myself out into the world. But I hate when people talk about me. I hate when people... I hate living rent-free in other people's heads. I want to be as absent as possible. You know what I mean? It's so weird. Like, yeah, I want to make an impact. But I want my impact to stay in your life i don't want me as a person i don't want me as a character to be what you remember and i don't know the fact that my character my person was the one that was flitting around everywhere being talked about everywhere i hated it i hated it there are people out there who know me but i don't know them and they know my story but they don't know me at all and I find that so messed up. I hate rumors. I hate people talking about me ever since I was a kid. But here I am again. Why do you guys feel the need to talk about someone who you don't even know? Why do you feel the need to 
fuel your conversations or to fill up your dead air in your freaking boring ass lives with drama of someone else listen man personally in my four walls i don't think about these things that often i think about you guys talking about me and that's what makes me anxious the drama itself is manageable i can deal with the drama of it i can deal with me and the person because it's our thing our problem but when it goes outside of that why would it go outside of that you know i hate it i hate it so this is just your sign to stop spreading rumors <laughs> that's just it um honestly i'm just tired i'm tired of dealing with all of these people who have no lives y'all we get it we get it you're, you're you're in a pandemic i'm in a pandemic we're all locked you know we're locked in the house we get it we're bored we need entertainment but i'm not i'm not an entertainer in that sense you can live off of my mistakes in my life but those are the mistakes that i am willing to put out into the air i'm into the air into the world Okay, the things that I air out are the things that I'm willing to talk about. And those are the things that I'm okay with everyone else to think about. But the things that go on in my private life are my things. And let it be known that this friendship breakup was not because of what you think. Okay, it was literally because it was like, a, you know, I'm going to talk about it probably next year. But it was a love triangle and the person was not picked. That was just it. Okay? Let's just have it left at that. Anyways, not my fault, not their fault, not anyone's fault. Leave it. Probably not going to be able to leave it now that it was out there, but whatever, it's there. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. I don't think I'm going to be able to talk about any of my lessons this episode. I feel like this is me just dishing out everything that's happening. But, okay, next thing is my existential crisis because I started, I don't know, I started, like, losing who I was because around this time was when I finally ended my term as an officer. So we're going back now to my professional life. Um, and I just didn't know what i was without my organizations i didn't have an identity outside of my achievements and i don't know if it's obvious or not but i very i, I very what I, I think about my um the things that i do in my life a lot um and the things that i'm gonna do next a lot so the fact that i had no plan after was kind of scary for me because i when i lost eb you can always go administrative board after executive you can go administrative that's the lower level after um you know as an officer and i just didn't want to do it anymore like for me personally i just did not feel that there was any growth for me left in the board and therefore i left completely and never applied again and plus i was very exhausted emotionally and mentally everything i was burnt out clearly burnt out and because of that 
I I gave myself some time to rest. But not really. I was applying for a lot of internships at the time and I just didn't know what to do with myself because it was my very first time applying for internships. It was required for class, it was required for school. Um but I didn't okay, in general I don't like legal management. Shock shock, I hate my course. Uh but like I didn't want to have an internship that was just a corporate job. I didn't want to have an internship that just bored me or just something to to take up my time or something to just earn money from or something like that. Like, obviously, as the passionate individual that I am, I was not satisfied with just a corporate job. Um, And I didn't know what I wanted at the time. I didn't know. I just wanted something different. I wanted to still make an impact. I feel like my whole life is just centered around changing the world or changing or making an impact in it. And I didn't know how else to do that anymore because I knew I wasn't going to be doing that in a corporate job. No offense to the people who are working corporate jobs. Like, respect to you guys. I'm sure you're earning a lot of money. But, like, it's I'm not built like that. I'm not... I can't. I can't do it. I can't... Uh, I'm not... I, I'm not built like that, you know? Like, I need something passion-fueled. I cannot look at numbers without crying or getting pissed. I don't like my operations and strategies classes or anything like that. I like my legal manage I like the legal side of legal management. Um and therefore don't go to legal management if you're, you know, looking to be a lawyer, you know. Legal don't go to legal management if you're going in Ateneo if you want to be a lawyer one day because you're not going to need you're not going to need a lot of the things that we're studying here. And that's a hot topic. And that's like a hot opinion because not a lot of people think that because majority of the people in legal management, or at least half of them, want to be lawyers. That's the misconception about legal management. But personally, you didn't need to go to legal management if you wanted to pursue law eventually. That's why I have a minor in development management because that's where I want to be. That's where I thrive that's where i'm happiest that's where that's where i actually listen in class because it's so great the topics are so amazing for me eye-opening and they actually feel like they're gonna make a difference in my life or someone else's life or it's gonna apply in my work someday anyways i didn't know what to do and obviously the way that i talk i wanted something in development that's why i applied for ngos for my internships and i actually got called back for all of them i got called back for world vision i got called back for health justice ph i got called back for uh what else did i apply for i don't remember i think unicef or something. i don't know i don't know i got called back for a lot and instead i just i chose ijm and if you don't know what ijm is i talked about it in so many other episodes but it's international justice mission that advocates for online sexual exploitation of children like it's you know trying to alleviate it to um, eliminate it i've talked about it so many times already but if this is the first time you're hearing it there it is so i finally got a job and I was really excited for it. Um, and I don't know. It was scary because I was the youngest person in the whole org 
or like I was the youngest person in their whole staff because I was 21 and everyone else was like 30 or 50 or something like that. And it was just scary for me because I came from a background that was completely different and I did not know anything about online sexual exploitation until I just started learning about it. And I started falling in love with it more and more and more. And eventually, I was able to heal myself from my EB loss. And again, I talked about it with my ep- in my episode with Layla, but I genuinely learned how to fall in love again with service because I, again, I felt like I was speaking in CLK. I was like, I'm never going to achieve anything more than this. But honestly, I feel like I've achieved higher ground in IJM than I ever have in Gaif because I feel like I'm changing and I feel like I'm changing the world and I feel like this is where my life is going to be um, directed towards. I found a passion in human rights and when I'm when I go into law school already, that's what I want to do with my life. Um, and I would not have been able to realize that if I was an EB because I was because Kaif is not the field of expertise that I want to go into. Um, Kaif, if you don't know, is for pediatric patients. Um, that's kids, kids with terminal illnesses, essentially. And yeah, they're like the National Integrated Cancer Control Act and everything like that. But that's not necessarily my advocacy that I can apply to in my work field one day. Like, yes, I am all for children. I'm all for children um, living the childhood that they deserve. I'm all for giving children the psychosocial support that they need. However, I don't know how I'm supposed to fix, like, uh, impact this specific sector if I'm a lawyer and not a doctor. Therefore, when I went into IJM, where it was more of online sexual exploitation, it made me feel more empowered because I really felt the presence of the law and justice system being put into place. And it really made me fall in love with law again because I was really getting turned off, guys. In legal management, genuinely, I was getting turned off because the law that the law classes that I take here are like obligations and contracts retail whatever wait let me retail and trade um taxation like all of these things are the ickiest of the laws where's family law where's media law where is the freaking like human rights and everything like that i did not have any of that and i was like what the hell that's the things that make me feel alive you know so yeah i don't know Anyway, legal management's just not it for me personally as a passionate human being and individual who does not want to sell their soul to the big man. Anyway, going on. Um, yeah, so I fell in love again and I was starting to heal from my EB loss because I finally felt like I wasn't just speaking in Kaif. And I think everything just popped off after that. Like I genuinely feel like my life got so much better after I got over that hill of I'm never going to be anything better than this. 
because I, I, I proved to myself that I could be better. I could keep growing. It's not just here that I'm going to keep growing. I'm going to keep going no matter what. And I don't know. I think because of that, I became more passionate about making a difference in the world. And because of that, I worked harder with the journey there. And it, I started talking about more things that were um, sensitive. That includes my sexuality. I wasn't really open about it back then, but like now I'm really, really freaking open about it now. And like I finally published it. I I, pub- I made it public already because my, um, my podcast was private for a whole year. And now that it's been public for one whole year, or not even a whole year, maybe like a few months, eight months, I think, right yeah maybe no six i think six six months but like now that it's been published my parents got to listen to some of the episodes and they listened to one of them about me coming out and because of that i was finally able to come out to my family and that was one of the biggest best things to have ever happened to me in my whole life in my whole freaking life if you listened again back to my at 15 episode back when it, my podcast was still before the after talk i would i never thought i would get to this point in my life where i would finally come out to my family and them be okay with me i was finally able to own my identity to be proud of who i am to accept who i really am because i was in constant fear i was living in constant fear this whole time I had real anxiety problems over the fact that I was so afraid my parents are going to find out that I'm bisexual. But now it's like, no, I am. And that's just how it is. And they're like, yes, okay, that's how it is. It makes me so happy that we had this talk. And it's finally okay. And because of that, I was able to like release so much anger and pain that i used to feel when i was 15 years old and my mom and i our relationship got so much better because of it my mom and i are able to really like bond better now i'm able to be so much more open to them and honest to them because i have nothing to hide anymore i really don't have secrets anymore from my parents they even know that I curse and they hate that I curse, but then they do sometimes. And sorry, mom. She wants me to like lessen it a lot. Like literally when I showed her my streams, number of streams, she was like, good job. But like, can you stop cursing so that I can listen to it as well? And I was like, oh, that's pretty hard. But like, okay, like I've been lessening it though, guys. Like if you listen to me back then, I curse like a mother effort. Now it's just like I curse sometimes it's still a little explicit so i can't remove that explicit badge from spotify but like i've lessened it like a ton you gotta give me credit for that that's hard it's hard to not curse i'm one of the most vulgar i would say and i don't anymore i used to be the most vulgar not anymore anyway um the last thing that i wanted to like the last highlight that i had is honestly kind of cheesy and i don't really like pda per se i don't really like it but i fell in love and i actually fell in love like i properly 
fell in love and I really like this guy and it's not because you know I'm I'm it's not a rebound it's not me looking for company because I don't know how to be alone I fell in love with the guy because I really like the way that he makes me feel inside and I really like the way that he makes me laugh and the person that he turns me into I like the person that I'm becoming because of him. I like the person that I am around him. And I'm smiling talking about him. Because, <laughs> okay, guys, just a little thing as well. He's literally on Zoom with me right now. I'm My, my video is on. My mic is off for them, for him. And he's just, he's just doing his own thing, like playing Pokemon or something. I love him so much. I'm I'm so happy with him. And he's the silliest little golden retriever I've ever met. He is not a golden retriever, but you know, like the the energy that he gives me is like a golden retriever. He's really just like my puppy dog. And I just I'm so happy to be around someone who's so lively, energetic, and not fake about it. He is a he's an actual energy that's so refreshing to be around and coming from someone who's so jaded or who has been so jaded um this past year it was a very healing presence to be around and it is it continues to be the a, a healing presence for me and he was actually one of the people who really pushed me to make this um podcast better and better and he always is very supportive of me and proud of me and i'm just very happy to be here now and yeah i think that's it i'm gonna wrap it up for this episode so this is just a wrap up of 2021 i guess but next week and the week after that i'm going to be um talking more about the lessons that i've learned from it so i really 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 do recommend well obviously if you're listening to this one you're done listening to it but like it's a good what it's a good thing that you listen to this one so that next episode is going to make more sense to you you know um yeah whoa i'm going to be putting out an episode on 23 and that's going to be two days before christmas wow galing ng math and then after that's 30 so that's like the day before oh my gosh thursday's a crazy day guys what the hell <laughs> like okay crazy i think we're gonna go on break um maybe i don't know we'll see we'll see how it goes but i'm i'm planning to have a break maybe on like january 16th and then come back january 13th we don't know yet again i'm not like it's not like a professional podcast or anything like that like i'm not getting sponsored but like eh, it could be but like i'm just saying that i want to have a break somewhere but I really wanted to have these episodes out because this is probably my favorite episodes to, to talk about um, or to have. So, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, that's it for this week. Um, I can't wait to talk to you guys next week again. Be sure to tune in because I'm going to be telling you guys all of the lessons that I've learned from this crazy, 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 crazy tumultuous year um thank you so much for listening be sure to follow me on all my social media platforms it's at the journey there on instagram and www.facebook.com slash the journey there dot pod on 
Facebook. And I think that's it. I will see you guys next week. Love y'all. Bye.